hello, hello, everybody. It is 2023, a brand new year, and I am incredibly excited to get back into the swing of things. And lately, a lot of things have been coming to mind, a lot of um, revelation. I've been uh, reading scripture, a lot of insight, I believe. And I'm like, God, what am I supposed to do with this? And I feel like this is the venue, and I pray as we get into God's Word today that it blesses you um, and that you're excited about this year, that it's not just another year, but it's it's a year where things are, are moving more in the direction that God has for you. Things are coming together in a way that is beautiful and divine. Um, so before I get into the scripture today, I just want to pray, pray for us, pray for the time that we have together. Um, that the Lord would fully show himself to you and to me, even here and now. Lord, take our time. Take uh, the reading of this scripture. Take, God, the moments that we are sharing today, God, and, and make it something beautiful. Father, we don't come just to fill ourselves with busyness or occupy empty space in our lives, Lord. The reason we come to you is to be made more like you to become more like you, to receive from you, to drink deeply of your love, and to learn more about the revelation that exists currently now from the living word of God. So Lord, lead us today in this time. Reveal things to us and allow us to be with you fully. Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So thanks for joining uh, this first podcast of 23 I'm super excited, and we've got a lot of good plans. We're going to try to put up some old messages and new messages and uh, things that have been out there that have been floating around. I'm trying to get them and put them here so that there's one place where all the things that God's been giving to me lately can be found. And I just appreciate all the listeners, everybody who would give this some time. I, I pray and believe that these words, not because they're mine, but because they're God's, um, will change your, your life, change your walk, uh, because he's just that good. Anytime you're hungry for him and you seek and you look and you knock, the promise is that the door will be open. So I want to um, just share a little scripture that, well, two scriptures really that have been on my heart lately and just read through them and, and comment on the things that the Lord has been showing me about them. And um, I hope that it blesses you. First uh, John Chapter 2, 1 through 2, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. It reads this, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. What I What grabbed me with this scripture I was reading and I, the Lord led me to 1 John to read it. A lot of what I've been reading in 1 John is applicable to my life right now. But this, these first two verses in the second chapter are so profound, I think, to anyone at any level of maturity in their walk with God. And I want to walk through this. My little children, John is writing. And, and for those of you who don't know, John the beloved, as he uh, is self-proclaimed, the one who rested his head on Jesus's chest. Um, there was a special relationship with him and Jesus. There was an intimate relationship with him and Jesus. And even in his writings, you can. there's this tone, there is this uniqueness, there is this expression that is beautiful and brings you in. 
Um, it's it really is incredible. So when he says some things, it, to me, it makes me pay attention and say, okay, I kind of know where this is coming from. I, I got a feel for John's tone. He says, my little children, referring to those who were following him as he followed the Lord, um, it caught my eye. Why would you call probably grown people little children and refer to them with such um, tenderness? When I looked it up and it, it basically was saying like, how you would refer to your own child as a darling and, and this element of these darling people that, that John was looking at through the, through Jesus's lens. And he saw how darling they were and how he doted after them as Jesus dote, dotes after us. The father dotes after us, looks, looks upon us as his tender children, right? These things I write to you that you may not sin. Whoa, how beautiful is that? That if, Sin is a struggle in any way. God refers to you still as his child, his little child. You can get over things a lot easier with little kids because of the purity of, of who they are and the innocence of their mistake. And, and here, when it comes to sin, which I know is not like a really popular topic to talk about, God has this view of you as you would after your own darling child. And it goes on. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So, oh my gosh, another big stopping point for me. And if anyone sins, if anyone sins, you know, throughout my life, I've inherited a lot of teaching from all over the place. And my conclusion based upon those teachings is that sin is a given. And I, and I believe that. There, that. There's a lot of truth and gospel in that. But I'm going to share an opinion with you. Um, if John is writing and uses the word if, to me, it promotes this connotation that there is this ability to be without sin. I know that's kind of like controversial because we're born into sin. And there are places throughout the word where we see that sin is a constant struggle. Sin is in this world. And I'm not saying that that's not true. That's very true. What I am saying is that as we grow and mature in the Lord, let's not make sin an easy way out. Let's not make sin a default that we're defaulted into. Let's not make sin a way of life and an excuse to not strive. Yeah, strive in a holy way. Not strive for identity, but strive because God is worth it to be sinless. John would have never used the word if, if it wasn't possible, if it wasn't a goal. And I know that's kind of controversial, um, but I believe that if we set our sights to be sinless, man, it will only help us further our walk with him and be more connected and intimate with him. I'll continue. We have an advocate with the Father who is Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now that word advocate in in the Greek, it's it's parakleto, parakletos, and if you look at that word, it's incredible because the Holy Spirit is that. But specifically, this is talking about Jesus Christ and who is He as an advocate to us. Well, He is in this term, in this in the context of the Scripture, He is someone that would appear before a judge and defend us. Let that sink in for a second. Jesus in very practical terms of today, is our defense 
attorney. He is the one who knows the laws, knows the rules, knows what you did and goes to the judge and says, yes, I know X, Y, Z is true, but this person I know, here is where this person is okay. Here is where this person doesn't have to be bound. Here is where this person has a way out. Here is what you need to look at about this person. Here is the good in this person. Here is where I have applied myself to this person so that you can see truly and fully their innocence. Man, it's incredible. Jesus says he's our defense attorney, and I'll continue. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. Wow. Okay, so what in the world? He himself, Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. So I'm understanding fully that Jesus is our defense attorney and defends us when we fail, when we fall. He sees the goodness in us. He sees how God originally created us. And then not only does he see that, not only does he defend it, not only is he the one that has been hired on to advocate for us, so to speak. He is the one that is also considered the time served. <laughs> he is the appeasement. He is the punishment that was due to us. He is the fulfillment of our debt from the wrong that we have done. He is the defense attorney and he is the time served. This is your Jesus. This is the one, this is the culmination of his life and why he gave his life, not only to be able to argue for your innocence, but if that isn't enough, he can say, but also I am the one that served the time. I went to jail on their behalf and spent the the, the sentence time in that cell so that they wouldn't have to. I am the defense attorney. I am the time served. I am the advocate. I am the propitiation. Jesus in the full circle of who he is, not only defends us, but he also took on the punishment that we were supposed to take on ourselves. I know that we can grow familiar to that element of who he is, but today I'm overjoyed to share and to see that Jesus himself is the one that when it all came down, when when you were looked at for the wrong things that you did, when, when your sentencing was happening, when, when your punishment was headed your way, Jesus looked at you and said, no, I'm going to step in here. I'm going to take those stripes. I'm going to take that punishment. I'm going to take that prison sentence. I'm going to serve it so that they don't have to. And that's not just for the eternity that you'll spend. Man, that's just the beginning. That's for day in, day out. That's for guilt. That's for shame. That's for feeling inadequate. That's for feeling like you can't do things the right way. That's for all the things you struggle with on a daily basis. That's for any result that sin would have in your life. That's on healing. That's on sickness. That's on everything that sin would try to distort or take from you that is actually your punishment. Jesus says, no, I've reversed that and I've become the very thing that they were supposed to appease. I am the defense attorney and I am the time served. My friends, 
My challenge to you today, and wherever you are, whatever phase of life, if you are a new believer or if you've never heard anything like this or if you've been walking with the Lord for 50 years, man, let's strive to be sinless. I know that it's unlikely, right? But there's something about when John says that word, if. To me, it goes, oh my God, can there be a way? Lord, what does that, it begins to open my mind and stretch my walk with him, say, God, what does this mean? Can I live in a way, can I strive in this human walk while I'm here on earth to be without sin? Is that attainable, my God? Help me to do that. Whether I fall or whatever, keep that as your goal. Don't live, don't be comfortable with sin. Don't accept a sinful way. It's, it's, you're not bound to it. You're not obligated to it. If, John says, if you sin, it's not a guarantee that you will. And then God, Jesus himself, is our advocate, the one who stands before the judge and defends us. He knows all the laws. He knows the way. What I love about it, when you th- watch attorneys on TV is they know the way to articulate things and make a case. God, in and of himself, through Jesus, is making a case for you, has made a case for you. And when you miss it, he's making a case for you. Because at the end of the argument, no matter which way it goes, he's already served your time. You've been made to be spotless. And when God the Father puts on the lens of Jesus Christ and looks at you, he sees his darling little children, his innocent little children, the ones who he wants to come and sit on his lap and call him Abba Father, Daddy God. I love 1 John 2, especially these two scriptures. Who knew all that was in there? But I pray today this short podcast is a blessing to you. I pray that it's an encouragement. I pray that as you go on the days come, you'll feel yourself encouraged and you'll be diligent to live for the Lord knowing that not only will he defend you if you mess up, but he'll also be the one, has also been the one to pay the price that you owe. Thank you for listening today. Know that um, we over here in the Holmes House love you and uh, in many ways are praying for you. Have an incredible day and go with the Lord.